Hey, gorgeous! This is episode number two hundred ninety-two, and the wonderful Nathan Hirsch is back on the show. Hi, this is Nathan Hirsch. You are listening to Heart Cells Podcast. Enjoy. I am so excited to have Nathan Hirsch back on the show today, and I hope you will be inspired. And I hope you have listened to the last episode, two hundred ninety-one, from five k to twelve million with the power of affiliates. Nathan shared so many value bombs and today he is back and we will be talking about how to maximize every single day. Nathan is a master in that. He knows exactly how his energy plays out over the day and he uses that to fuel his business. Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce, and he has co-founded FreeUp.com 2015 for an initial investment of $5,000, and then he scaled it to $12 million in revenue a year, and he sold it the business in 2019. So today he's a co-founder of Outsource School, which is a company working to educate entrepreneurs on how to effectively hire and scale with virtual assistance through in-depth courses. Nathan has appeared on over 300 podcasts, is a social media personality and loves sharing advice and scaling remote businesses. So I'm so pumped that he's here today and sharing on Hard Sales Podcast. Let's dive right in. Well, I'm so, super excited to have you back on the show, Nathan. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, you know, creating companies and it looks like you've always been entrepreneurial and you really went for it. And you, in the last episode, you shared that you just hated to have a boss. You figured that already out while in college. So you did everything you could so that after college you wouldn't need a boss <laughs> and then you had this amazing success story with uh, free up and now you are building your new company the outsource school what else is on the horizon <laughs> i tend to be an entrepreneur that focuses on one thing at a time i mean when i ran my amazon business for seven years all I thought about was Amazon. For the past four years, it's been nothing but free up. And right now, I love Outsource School. I'm really excited about um, the reaction it's gotten. I'm excited about the potential for it and how we can help a lot of people. I'm excited that we're giving 3% of all sales to our favorite charity, Teach for the Philippines, which provides education to Filipino children. And so right now, that's my 100% focus. And business has a, a weird way or entrepreneurship has a weird way of changing directions on you. I mean, if you had asked me 10 years ago if I'd be selling books or baby products on Amazon, I wouldn't have believed you. If you asked me five years ago if I'd be running a VA freelancer marketplace, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you had asked me even a year ago if I would have sold free up and be working on a new company, I wouldn't have believed you. So who knows what I'll be working on in 10 years. So let's talk about focus because I do feel it's so important, especially for people coming to entrepreneurships. They are so creative and they have so many ideas and you know they want to implement it all at once. What would be a really good business advice that has helped you that might help them if they implement it right away? So what I like to do is figure out what times of the day I'm most productive and what times of the day I'm good at doing certain things. For example, I found out, and I didn't know this up front, but over time, that from 7 to 9 a.m. is my most productive time during the day. So from 7 to 9 a.m., I want to be working on whatever my biggest project is, whatever the most important thing is. Right now, a lot of times it's filming courses. It could be building a process. It could be training that next great virtual assistant, whatever that is. 
I also realized that me doing podcasts first thing in the morning or later on in the day don't go over as well. I, for whatever reason, I'm tired. I just woke up. I'm tired that I've had a long day. So doing them in the middle of the day from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock, we're now around 1.30 my time, um, that works out very, very well for me. And then I also know that doing phone calls at the end of the day where I can walk the dog and walk around and be on my phone. And I don't want to say I don't have 100% focus, but it's not the same as doing a podcast or working on my biggest project of the day, that that works out well. And I like working out at from 9am to 10am. So I can work really hard from seven to nine, one hour break from the gym, come back, I'm a little bit refreshed, I'm hyped up from the adrenaline, do a little bit more work, do the podcast, and then the phone call. So figuring out what times of the day you do stuff matters. And if, for those of you listening, your times might be totally different than me. I have a good friend who's an entrepreneur and his most productive time is between 12 a.m. and two o'clock in the morning and that's what does it for him and, and that's totally fine. So spend some time to figure out what works, do some tweaking and try to find that consistency so you're maximizing every single day. So do you have a routine then for every single day? I have a routine, so I have a VA that's in charge of my calendar, that's in charge of my booking, and we've gone through and we've met about this, so from 7 to 9 a.m., try not to book any podcasts. From 9 to 10, I'm working out, and, and it, it is there. Now, not every podcast only films between 11 and 2, so sometimes there's exceptions, sometimes there's a big show, whatever it is. So we do follow that probably 90% of the time, but there, there's always exceptions to some rule. Maybe someday I'm working on this big project and I need an extra hour and then I work out later in the day. So try to get that consistency, but the life of entrepreneur is not like the nine to five job or you're just doing the same thing every day. There's some adjustments that you need to make, but I have a VA that kind of keeps me on track. So if I get five people reaching out to have me on the podcast, instead of me doing it, because I have a tough time saying no to people or, or scheduling my calendar, I give it to her and she schedules it out. So I don't have more than one podcast a day. And she tries to make them between 11 and two and, and all of that. Yeah. Awesome. So basically know yourself, be really sure that you use that productive high energy time for your most important projects, for your revenue generators. And uh, then also uh, take good care of yourself by, you know, working out or having a break or something like this. So what do you do when you have a bad day? When I have a bad day? <laughs> good question. Um, yeah, usually if it wasn't COVID, I watch sports or I do something that gets me away from, from business. I mean, now I have two dogs that are amazing. I spend time with them. I spend time with my fiance. Um, I mean, it's all about getting away from business for a little while. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs forget to do that. I'm a big proponent of physical activity, whether it's walking, running, sports, which I can't do right now, or um, working out, which I can do even from home. So that's kind of my distraction. But I think where people where people struggle is you have to have that one thing or two things that you like doing outside of work. Your work can't be your work and your hobby. You need work and something else. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good advice to have that kind of harmony or balance that you're not always doing the same thing over and over and over, that you give yourself variety so that life doesn't become boring. Right, exactly. What, what would be um, a business book that made a huge impact in your life? Yeah, good question. Um, 
What did I finish reading? <laughs> it's funny. I, I wouldn't say this had a huge impact in my life, but I, I recently read it and I, I would do recommend people read it. So I have a business partner, Connor, and we've worked really well together for years, but there's another side to that. There's a lot of business partnerships that fail, that struggle, that lead to a lot of bad things. So I read a book recently called Hatching Twitter. It's about Twitter. And I think everyone knows that Twitter has become this gigantic publicly traded company, but there was a lot of fighting on the, in, on the way up. There was a lot of backstabbing. There was business partners that were friends that became enemies. So I think it gives you a glimpse into the other side of it and a side of it that a lot of people don't want to go down. And I think that just adds a very valuable lesson. And it also makes you really appreciate when you do have a really good business partner. Connor, I've been working with for 10 years. I would give him my social security number, my bank account. Like we had that level of trust. And I think it made me personally just appreciate that a lot more. Hmm. And somebody who, who is looking for a business partner, what would be a good advice to find the right fit? So for me, I like to find someone who has the same values, the same beliefs, that, and wants the, the same thing. So we have to have the same goals, the same amount of money we want to make, the same amount of impact we want to make. We have to care about customer service and ideas and feedback and treating people well. Those are my values. I only want to work with people that have those values. But... I don't want to work with another Nathan Hirsch. I want someone that has different skills that complement me. If I'm not good at something, ideally they would be great at it. And I think that's what Connor and I do very well. He's good at what I'm bad at and vice versa. He likes doing things that I don't like doing and vice versa. Um, and on top of that, he's much more long-term and I'm much more short-term thinker. So it, it complements each other very well. And looking at the big picture, is there anything that, you are kind of afraid of at the moment that you might have a challenge with? Afraid of? Um, I mean, personally, like I'm scared of heights and stuff like that. If we're talking business, um, I don't know. I mean, I think as you get deeper and deeper into your entrepreneurial adventure, you kind of get numb to different things because at the beginning when, when something goes really well, you're at this high and you're like, I'm on top of the world. And then when something goes bad, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be homeless. And then as you go through it, you get more and more numb where you're more in that center. You never get too high or too low. So I think For me, I mean, I don't think fear is the right word. I think whenever you launch a new business, you, you want it to be successful. You put your heart, you put your soul into it. You, I think the, the one thing that's challenging now is w with the COVID thing, and I'm very fortunate, so this isn't a complaint. It, it, it's very tough to know like the reason why things don't work because the way that Connor and I run businesses, we try lots of different things and, and things that work, we put more time and money into and things that don't work, we pull back and we say, okay, maybe that doesn't work for this business or we'll reevaluate later. And so I think we're finding the things that are working, which is great, but the things that aren't working, We don't really know if it's just because that's not a good fit for this business or if it's COVID has an impact on that. And it's just not a good fit until COVID passes. So I think that's kind of the current struggle that, that we're dealing with. And I think people in business right now have a lot worse problems than that, but I can only speak for what we're dealing with on a week to week basis. Yeah. So how long do you give yourself to, to try something out to really know if you should like ditch it or tweak it or... Uh, yeah, great question. I don't think there's a hard rule for that. I mean, everything's different. I would say we move pretty fast. We tend to be on the shorter side, usually days or weeks, usually not months. I, I don't see us just trying something that's failing for five months before we change it. It's probably quicker than that, but everything's a little bit different. And I, th I think there's certain things that 
are, we just know are long-term, like getting backlinks. We're pretty good at getting backlinks for our websites. We know that we're not going to see a result on that for maybe years, but we're just going to consistently do it. So it's kind of a balance of, of what things we expect to quickly generate revenue and what things are, are a little bit more long-term. Yeah. So what would be three things for people they could do to generate revenue pretty quickly now? Um, and we kind of talked about this in the last episode, but going on podcasts is a big one. It's a free way to get in front of thousands of your core audience. Um, backlinks are great. So finding other companies that have blogs that are relevant to you and figuring out how you can get a backlink to your site, whether it's you give a quote, a review, uh, uh, you write a blog article, backlinks over time help you. Um, and, and I think... Hmm. What's the last thing for revenue generating? I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of, of organic revenue and I'm trying to give something that I didn't give away in the last podcast, like networking and partnerships and, and stuff like that. I mean, for me, it's about finding communities of your core audience, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's a, a meetup down the street, whatever it is, wherever your ideal audience um, whatever your ideal audience hangs out, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to contribute. Whether you find a Reddit and you're posting there or Quora or whatever it is, you want to get whatever your content, whatever your expertise is to the group of people and you want to get it out in the masses. You want to be focused on hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people, not just one-off leads, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Does it also mean that I should only look for bigger Facebook groups or bigger meetups? Not necessarily. It's funny. So let's talk about podcasts for a second. I've been on podcasts that have millions of downloads and for whatever reason, they just didn't resonate to conversions with free up. And I've been on other ones that are more niche. Um, I remember this one podcast, they're, they're brokerage and they're very niche. They're people that want to sell businesses, right? And for whatever reason, that was perfect for free up. It's a small podcast. And we got a lot of clients. So it size isn't everything. I think quality is everything. Now, Obviously, if there's a, a big Facebook group that has a lot of engaging people and, and, and they're your type of business, like, yes, obviously, those are, are the best ones, but bigger is not always better. Yeah. So when you look back in your business career, um, I'm quite sure you, you made a lot of deals, you won a lot of deals, but there probably were some that you are also lost. Do you remember like the biggest deal that's still in your mind that you've lost? Uh, yeah, so we had this manufacturer for my Amazon business that we were crushing it with and we were making so much off of them and we actually didn't diversify because we were doing so much business with them. And then one day they just decided to drop us out of nowhere. I was actually on vacation and that was devastating at the time, although I learned a very valuable lesson about diversifying and not working with just one manufacturer. And I never found out to this day why they, why they dropped us. So um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about free up it is there, there wasn't a lot of deal making, right? Right? People would sign up and use the platform and request their VAs and their freelancers. I wasn't like signing them to contracts. So a little bit different. I think most of my deals were manufacturers that I was going to work with on the Amazon business. Yeah. So how did you recover from that experience, especially like being on vacation, chilling, and then all of a sudden these news? I mean, I treated it as a learning experience. I treated, hey, what did I learn? How can I do this better? How can I make my business more diverse, more protected? And I mean, I think for the first 24, 48 hours, I was devastated and I did the whole, the whole uh, woes me thing. And then after that, it was, let's get back to work. Let's figure this out. This is a problem that needs a solution. Well, that, that is a very strong mindset. And I, I feel not everybody is at that level where they have such a strong mindset. What, what advice would you give people who get hung up by not winning a client or maybe by losing a client and, you know, might drag that along for days? 
Yeah, I mean, it comes down to how bad you want it. I mean, at that time I was in college, I did not want to go out and get a real job. And, and I kind of looked at it as a, something I had to overcome. And it was, it was kind of like two options. I, I give up now or, or I keep going. And I mean, for me, it's like, I, I almost look at like what's worst case scenario and like, yeah, I could have gone and gotten a real job, but I had, I was going to get a college degree. Like that wouldn't be the end of the world. There's people a lot worse off than, than I am. And, and I kind of look at the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like if, if my business fails, like I'm going to be okay, I'm going to survive. I'm, I, I have still a lot of opportunity. I was given a life and, and all of that. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any, like anything I can say to make people change their mentality, but I try to look at the big picture and things as obstacles and problems that you need to overcome rather than things that just end the, the journey. Yeah. Well, I, I do think it's a learning process and oftentimes we are not taught in school or in college or by our parents how to really have that strong mindset where you overcome these challenges faster than instead of dragging them along and allowing them for you to, to eat up your energy. So um, I just, I just love to hear have you always had that outlook on life or was there something that helped you shift the mentality or the mindset? I don't know. I, I feel like me along with other entrepreneurs, we, we've always been like a little bit weird, right? Like you don't fit in a hundred percent and that doesn't mean like, Oh, I didn't have friends or whatever, but you're, you're just not like, you're not like the status quo. You, you think yeah. differently than other people. So, I mean, when I was selling baby products on Amazon, people thought I was crazy. They thought I was running a Ponzi scheme. They didn't understand what it was. They wondered, they thought I was weird for selling baby products. And I mean, you have two options at that point. You care what people think and don't pursue your dreams or, or you don't. And once you get in the mentality that you just don't care what people think, then, then it, it, that's just how you live life going forward and it becomes a lot easier. So that, that's kind of my own personal experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I had the same experience. The moment where I decided not to care what people think, my life became so much easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've had it actually benefit me where, and, and there's a difference between not caring what people think and, and kind of clarifying things and being nice and more professional. So there yeah. was someone who bashed me in a Facebook group over free up. And, and a lot of the stuff that he said just wasn't correct information. just wasn't how we ran it. And you can attack me personally, but the second that you like start saying like things that just weren't true about our business, um, then, then I, I tried to correct them and I reached out and I was nice. I was like, Hey, like some of this stuff just isn't right. I'd love the opportunity to clarify. And she didn't like that. I reached out and she continued to bash me. Well, the, someone heard about her bashing me and they reached out to me on Twitter and they said, Hey, I was going to join free up. Now I'm not sure if I want to because of this. And I said, listen, I can't control what she says. I'm happy to give you the correct information. And I talked to her, I hopped on the phone and she ended up joining free up and becoming one of the top billing freelancers on the entire platform. So sometimes not caring what people think about you and sticking to the truth and being professional and, and being the bigger man, the bigger woman ends up benefiting you down the line. Yeah. So how, how do you deal with rejection then? I get rejected every single day, every single week. If you're not getting rejected, you're, you're not putting yourself out there. I know we talked about networking calls in the last episode. People say, no, I don't want to set up a networking call. I try to go on podcasts. People say, no, we're not accepting guests or sorry, you're not a fit. Um, same thing with clients. I mean, right now I'm growing outdoor school. Like, like that stuff happens. You, you, if you're not getting rejected now, if you're only getting rejected and you're not having any positive success, then you need to change and you need to make tweaks. If you're getting rejected here and there, but you're still moving your business forward, then you're probably doing it right. You're probably putting yourself out there. And that's my, my overall mentality. So basically with rejection, like move forward. 
yeah, stay professional, stay the bigger man, stay the bigger woman. Don't be afraid to follow up. I've had lots of people that have rejected me five times and then they work with me on the sixth time. All that stuff happens. So do you have a system for that, that, you know, like this person rejected me like six months ago and I reached out like three times and you just keep going? Yeah. I mean, I have a hit list of like podcasts I want to go on, people I want to work with. And so I'll go through the hit list. And when it's the name comes up again, I'll see when the last time I reach out to them is and I'll follow up in a different way. So how many people are on your hit list? I usually try to keep it a few hundred at a time and I constantly update it. Wow. So that's, that's part of the everyday routine then. Whenever you reach out, do you kind of update yeah, and, and you break it up into smaller things. I'm not reaching out to hundreds of people. Remember, I'm yeah. reaching out to three new entrepreneurs every single week. I'm reaching out to a few podcasts every single week. So it's those small, consistent things that work over time. Um, so it's like the small things, like the compound effect, right? You keep right. going and stuff will eventually work out. So we, we talked about like the deal, a big deal you lost. Like what, what was the biggest deal you won that you are totally excited about? <laughs> biggest deal I won. Um, or you yeah, negotiated. I mean, yeah, most of my deals aren't negotiating because like Amazon, I was like, it's more like, hey, do you want to work with me? Do you want to be my manufacturer? Very rarely am I like negotiating on price or stuff like that. I mean, we've had affiliate partners with FreeUp who um, who eventually worked with us and blasted us out to their community. And, and those were big clients. I think the same thing's happening with Outdoor School as we build up our affiliate network. I mean, those are the things that get me excited. Like I, I'm not necessarily like selling and buying real estate or products or anything. For me, when I get someone who I respect in the space, who I look up to as an entrepreneur and they say, Hey, I, I like what you're doing. I see a lot of value. I know you're going to take care of my community. I'm going to promote you to my community a lot of times for nothing in return. Those are the deals that get me excited. And what means hard sells for you? To me, it's, it's being authentic and taking care of people. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, if, if you sign up for a membership of Outdoor School, if you're not happy, like, I'm just going to refund you. I have no interest in stealing your money. Like, my goal is to build a community that, that people like, that helps people, that benefits people. It benefits the, the charity. It benefits the clients. It benefits Connor and I and our team that we're building. Like, you, we want to create these win-win-wins for everyone. We don't want something where five people win and one people lose. It's got to be that, that full mentality. And for me, doubling down and going all in and that, that's how you, that, that's what hard sales means to me. Yeah, love it. And um, so last but not least, we do want to send the people to your amazing VA calculator because it really helps getting clarity on what you can actually afford as an entrepreneur and what is possible. Like, can you have someone for 10 hours? Can you have full-time? Can you maybe have three people all at once? And that brings a little bit clarity in. Is that like a good summary? Yeah. If you go to outsourceschool.com slash VA calculator, we have this awesome tool that you can put in information in your business and see how many VAs you can afford right now, whether it's full-time, part-time, whatever it is. And that's really the starting point if you want to interview and onboard and train and manage virtual assistants down the line. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your enthusiasm, the energy, firing the answers. <laughs> I just, I just loved it. And uh, wishing you so much success with your new endeavor. And I can't wait to where you take that one after the amazing success of free up. I'm really sure you're going to create something really amazing. And I just want to thank you for having been on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
Well, what a great episode full of value and golden nuggets. I just love how Nathan manages his day and how committed he is and how consistent he is. And that also explains why he is so super successful, right? If you take a business in only four years from a 5K investment to 12 million in revenue, that is really amazing. And he is up to really, really great things with Outsource School. Make sure you hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. Check out the podcast page. Check out the links that lead to Nathan and his wonderful work. And also there you find the show notes, the transcripts, all the resources we talked about to support you in your business and business growth. Once you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes as well. That is empowerment right into your inbox where I share tools, advice, some motivation, inspiration, and some strategies to help you grow your business and sell more with your heart and from your heart because we know heart sells. Thank you so much for having been here. Have an amazing day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Bye.